0: We're going to talk about prayer today, so uh, why don't we start there, okay? God, we're thankful for the chance that we have this morning to worship. We're thankful for uh, the opportunity it is to look at your scripture and to be challenged and encouraged by it. God, I pray that as we look at this text today and as we look at the uh, verses, we'll, we'll see today that uh, we'll grow an understanding of prayer and, and grow together and an understanding of how to seek you in prayer. Uh, God, be with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Well, most of you don't know, uh, we are in a series uh, g- uh, called Going Together, where we're exploring as a church what it means to be Restoration Church, and so over the past uh, uh, seven weeks or uh, six weeks or so, whatever it's been, we've been talking about what we mean when we say going together, and there's a handful of things that we mean to give you guys some background so that you know where we're coming from. Uh, going, right? We, we serve a God who is going. I mean, he didn't just stay in heaven, He came to us in Jesus and, and sought after us to draw us back to Himself. And, and from a going God, we have become a going people, a people who is just as He sacrificed in many uh, in, uh, extravagant ways, we also sacrifice in, in amazing ways too to go to the places where God has called us. We're a going people that serves a going God. In the midst of our going, we're doing a number of things together. We're, we're learning the scriptures together. We're doing life together. That is, we're seeing each other's needs and we're taking care of one another. We're celebrating together through worship, through uh, baptism when someone comes to know Jesus, through, uh, through celebrating the Lord's Supper and remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross. We're also, as we're looking at today, praying together. A core piece of who we are as a church is that we value prayer highly. We pray in every meeting that we have. We pray multiple times in this uh, in this uh, gathering today, and we'll get a chance to pray for each other in smaller groups this morning and pray for another church and pray for another country, A community group we pray together. And so today we're going to look at why we pray, uh, what kind of things we pray. And what it looks like for us to be praying together. I'm going to hit you with a lot of verses. So I've got m- many of them on the screen for you to look at. And, and then we'll land at the very end of this at Jeremiah 29, which is sort of the, the referenced uh, scripture for this morning. But, but first, I want to look at why we pray. The first reason that we pray is that Jesus, Jesus assumed that we would. He, he assumed we would. Matthew 6, 5, and when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, not if you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Jesus assumes that prayer is going to be a part of our life with him, that we are going to be able to converse with the Father just as if we were having a conversation with him, seeking that which we need, seeking to know him more. It's assumed. It's commanded Paul, when he's writing in the Philippians from jail, he says this. I always want to emphasize that he was in jail when he says this. Rejoice in the Lord always, even from jail. Again, I'll say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, even if you're in jail. <laughs> Just the context there, right? Do not be anxious about anything. He's not telling you when you're anxious, do not be anxious. In everything, rather than being anxious, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. It's okay to be anxious. Don't stay there. Take that to the Lord. Go to Him with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, knowing that your Father in heaven will hear you. We're commanded. Don't, Don't stay in your anxiety. Go to the Father in prayer. and the promise given. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus. It's commanded. We see it demonstrated throughout the scriptures. Colossians 1, 9 to 10. This is again Paul writing, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul and those who are with him, as he's writing the, to the Colossians, is saying to them, he's, he, he and many times asks, asks them to pray as well, but he's also demonstrating by his character, and by his life, that we do not cease to pray for you. And these are the things we pray for you, an increase in knowledge and understanding and wisdom, a walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. These are the things he prays. It's assumed, it's commanded, it's demonstrated. Uh, Finally, it's effective. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 8 to 11 says this for we do not want you to be unaware brothers of the affliction we experienced in asia for we were so bitter uh, so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself indeed we felt that if we had received the sentence of death but that was to make us rely not on ourselves but on god who raises the dead he delivered us from such a peril and he will deliver us On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by coming and freeing us from prison. You must help us by sending us foreign aid. No. You also must help us by prayer. So that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many sometimes we think about prayer as just, oh, we're just sort of like thinking about what God is thinking about, and we're having happy thoughts, and we are feeling a little bit nicer about that. Well, yeah, that's true. We're connecting with the heart of the Father, and that's a good thing to do. But Paul is telling us that you are going to help us by your prayers. How does that happen? They're miles away from each other. They're, they're facing persecution. And as he's writing to the Corinthians, he's saying, Listen, as you guys pray in Corinth, we are helped here in Rome. How, how does that happen? Prayer is effective, prayer changes something spiritually and even physically. You help us by your prayers, giving thanks the blessings granted us through the prayers of many it's assumed it's commanded it's demonstrated it's effective when we're anxious we ought to pray when there's a need we ought to pray immediately and continually each of us and i'm sure you can testify to times at which faithful prayers have been answered we should pray but what should we pray there's one great place to look at to find out what we should pray you may have seen this before it's the lord's prayer why don't we ask jesus what what should we pray his disciples asked him this lord when we pray what should we pray and he said this pray then like this our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus gives his disciples a framework for prayer. Now, I don't think he's given them a mantra. I don't think that you're just supposed to recite this prayer over and over again. Um, I think it's very good to, you know, come back to the Lord's Prayer and to pray it and to sit with it just on the face, uh, face of its value and to listen to its words as Jesus prayed them. But I think in addition to that, it has given us a framework for prayer. Our Father in heaven, Jesus is telling his disciples, God is your true Father. God's your Father. He's where your origin comes from. He's where your identity comes from. He's your dad. Hallowed be your name. Glory be to to God who is in heaven. We recognize God's authority and we worship him. Our prayers ought to be marked by that, by a recognition that God is God and I am not. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We seek God's will, not ours, in prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Our prayers ought to be marked by not our comforts, the things we're looking for comfort in, but rather what God's will is for us. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Desire to see his kingdom advance in this world. We pray for God's provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Not give us this day uh, a year's worth of savings. Not give us this day a full retirement. Those are great things to work toward. Those are great things. But our prayer to the Lord is give us this day our daily bread. Provide for us, whether financially or emotionally uh, or emotionally or spiritually provide for us this day what we need. We pray for God's provision. We pray for God's mercy. Forgive us. Forgive us our debts. It's a recognition that we need forgiven, right? We're broken. We're not perfect. We're not hallowed and holy as God is. We need forgiveness, Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) It's a challenging prayer to pray. Have we forgiven our debtors? That's how much we're asking the Father to forgive us. We pray for God's mercy. Finally, we pray for God's strength and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's a recognition that we are going to face difficulty. We are going to face challenges. This week, each and every one of us, there are things in our conversations in our actions and our words and our lives that we're going to face that we need the Lord's direction and protection and strength to face. This is what we pray, for God's authority, his will, his provision, his mercy, and his strength to reign in our lives. So what does it look like then for us as a church to pray together? I'm going to go to Jeremiah 29 and uh, give you a little bit of context for the final piece of this. Um, The context is this, that uh, the prophet Jeremiah is telling Israel that the Lord is going to return to them. Uh, God is telling them this, and, and he's telling them that it's going to be 70 years. Okay? He's letting them know that they're going to be uh, in exile for 70 years. And as they're in exile in Babylon... He prays some things for them. The Lord tells them some things they need to know while they are in exile. See, for a long time, Israel had had their land, and uh, in, I think it's 486 B.C., uh, Babylon came and took away uh, many of the Israelites and took them into captivity in Babylon. And Jeremiah was a prophet at that time. And these are the things that Jeremiah said to them while they were going into exile, while they were going to be there for 70 years, separated away. They didn't really know how long. The Lord told Jeremiah it'd be 70. So he says this, Jeremiah's letter to the exiles. And I'm going to read uh, verses 1 to 14. So uh, Jeremiah 29, 1 to 14, and I'll highlight a few things here for us to consider. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles, and to the priests and the prophets and all the people from Nebuchadnezzar, whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother, the eunuchs, the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the metal workers had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasah the son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, Gemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. So that's just the greeting. He's sending this to them, right? Uh, Verse four, it said, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Again, the context is that the people of Israel have been taken into exile, and these are the words that are said to them. You you might have picked up on this, but these are not the words you might have expected to receive while you're in exile. Look at Jeremiah 29, 7 again. While you're in exile, while you've been taken into captivity by your enemies, this is what you ought to do. Seek the welfare of the city that you are in exile to, where I've sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Is the Lord instructing these exiles to look forward to coming back to your own land? No. He's saying, pray for these that are here in Babylon. Pray for their welfare. Bless them. <clears throat> Many times as Christians, we can often get concerned about only where we are headed, and that's heaven. If we've placed our faith in Jesus, then we have uh, eternal life in the Lord Jesus. And, And too often we forget that God has us somewhere for the remainder of our days. And that place is a place at which we ought to be praying to the Lord on behalf of. On behalf of those who don't know the Lord, who don't know that they have a Father in heaven who cares for them and loves them and wants to give everything he has to them and draw them in as sons and daughters. Seek the good of the city. As exiles, they're called to bless and to live and to pray and to seek the Lord for the people therewith. Unite with the Father's heart in prayer. This is the Father's heart for them while they're in exile. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then you call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. The Father has a plan for these that are in exile, for these who are left in a tension of not being in their home, but rather being separated from their home. He says to them an encouraging word, I have a plan for you. It is for your good. And what it's going to do is is going to bring you to me. It's going to help you depend not on your own strength, but on my strength. That you will come and pray to me and I will hear you. The Father's heart is to share himself with you. uh, That you would come and just know that He loves you and He cares for you with all that He is. When we pray, we seek Him and we will find Him when we seek Him with all of our heart. We don't seek Him for the increase of knowledge. We seek Him For the increase of knowing Him, knowing what His heart is, knowing who He is for, knowing that even if we are in exile, even if we are separated uh, here in this physical place waiting for our true homeland, that He has a purpose in that, and that purpose is beyond ourselves. That purpose is that we would bless and live and pray and seek those who are lost. As the church, that that purpose is that we would bear our burdens as we face this together. Each of us as believers, we're in a foreign land. This land is not my home. Praise God. (laughs) And each day we face many struggles and difficulties of just living life. And church is a place where we bear those burdens together. And when we can't solve them ourselves and our own resources, we bear them to the cross and ask the Lord, Lord, how are you going to provide in this moment? We bear each other's burdens in prayer together. We yield to King Jesus together. As we close, I want us to go with these Few things as we consider praying together. I think prayer is about this it's about knowing the heart of the Father. Prayer is about knowing the heart of the Father, knowing his authority, knowing the extent of his love knowing his desire to provide, knowing his strength to come through, knowing his compassion on those around us. As we pray, we learn the heart of the Father. As we pray, we pray with the love of Jesus for our community, this Son who gave himself for us who laid his life down for us? Are we willing to take the same love of Jesus and lay down our lives for those around us? We pray with the love of Jesus for our community and our world. Finally, as we pray together, we allow the Spirit to guide us. We don't wait for the right time. You know, you ever been in a conversation where you're talking to someone like, oh, I'll pray for you about that. You know, when I have the right time to do that. And too often it's just uh, you don't, because the right time never comes. We don't wait for the right time, we pray. And we're willing to let the Spirit direct us to pray immediately and pray continually. I challenge you if if you're in one of those conversations where someone says, I really appreciate your prayers, and you say, well, I'll be praying for you on that, why not start now? (laughs) So you don't forget. (laughs) Pray immediately and continually, as we see in Paul's life. Learn the heart of the Father, pray like Jesus, and let the Spirit guide you in your life of prayer. And that's how we pray together. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for the opportunity it is to come and to uh, read your word and to be encouraged by your scriptures. God, we, just, we pray that you would help us to know that we can talk to you anytime we want, that you are there. You're there for us when we have the right time, and you're there for us when it's not the right time. God, thank you that, like Nehemiah, we can pray for you right before an important conversation. Thank you, like Paul, we can pray for people continually and immediately. Thank you, like Jesus, we can come to you, our Father, in heaven, and ask for your help in our time of need. Lord, grow us to be diligent in prayer.